This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. What a great song that was. And, and, and that idea as we move into this series, what are the choices we can make to be free? Knowing that it's not a choice, we don't necessarily get to choose the circumstances of our life. But maybe this. Maybe we get to choose whether we're free or not within the lives we live. And that's what we're going to be looking at in this next series, is, is what does it look like to live into that as a greater hope? That hope towards and through and with freedom, the great freedom that God promises Again, not a freedom of external circumstances that are without worry or concern or challenge, but a freedom and a joy that's deeply embedded within and underneath those very circumstances. So to get at that, I want to start out with a question here. And the idea, you know, where these questions come from is that I feel so much of my job as a pastor is is to just celebrate what we already know, what we know deeply. Again, our lives, we have a core and inmost, we have noise. We're not going to be consulting the noise today. We're going to be consulting that core and that inmost. And to do that, I want to start with this question here. What do we gain when we remember that life is hard? I'd ask you if you're on the chat, take a second, put something down. John and Carter are on there as well. Angela's on there. Or you can text me, 215-740-3662. If you do text me, please share your name at the end of the text. A lot of you are texting, which is great. And I don't have everybody's number in my phone, so it's, it's nice to see who the person actually is. So I want you to think, what do we gain when we remember that life is hard? What do we gain when we remember life is hard? Please take 60 seconds and answer that question. Folks, so many wonderful answers out there that I'll be coming back to later in the service. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ideas. And again, a number of you right off the bat said perspective. Isn't that interesting? The noise doesn't give us perspective. Living in the noise of times like this does not give us perspective. Living in the core, drawing close to the Lord, close to other people, that's what gives perspective. Incredible beauty in that. 
We've been working on this passage, again, this beautiful passage from the Bible, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. That gets to our core, that gets to our our inmost knowledge, that gets to, to the core of who we really are deep inside. And we're going to be talking over these next four weeks about a beautiful story that, that, that talks about how all this works, like what's a process we can look at as we go through the storms in life. And I was thinking, well, we're talking about the storms of life, we're talking about the storms we're facing today. Noah's Ark sounds like a pretty good topic to come back to. One of the first series we actually did at New Church Live was on Noah's Ark. It's a beautiful story, and, and again, it it, it starts, I would start with it from this. In the new church, those of you aren't familiar with how we read the Bible in the new church, we take it very seriously, very seriously. We don't take it literally. We believe that these are stories, poetic stories, that actually give us a poetic sense of life, an incredibly important poetic sense that's actually more true than fact, if that makes sense. And that any story in here we can read at a, at a deeper level and we'll see just incredible truths that are, that are held in this that, that are here to help us in times like this. And it's, it's not that it's a cure-all. What it is, listen carefully here, it's just a place, a story, where we can enter in and just find rest. Just find rest. Just find a way to hold it, to put edges around it so we understand what may well be happening or what can happen through times like this. Now, it starts, starts with this idea from the new church. When the word, somebody asked what the word was. That's what we call the Bible. Uh, going up through the four Gospels, when the word talks about any one person, it talks about anyone and everyone. That's real important. Saying about any one person, it talks about anyone and everyone. So, so we sort of get to be all the characters in these stories. In other words, there's good guys, there's bad guys, and it's easy to, to think, well, I'm going to be on the side of the good guys, and then there's the bad guys. No, we get to experience all of that together. That's part of life. That's how we read the Bible. So even, even the hard parts are about challenges we face in our lives. And this series itself is about this person. It's about Noah. And I'm going to read, read for you how the story starts here. For those of you who have Bibles and are following along at home, we use the NIV version, and this is Genesis 6. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of that time, and he walked with God. That's a beautiful line right there, right? Walked with God. It's a part of you that walks with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Now the earth was corrupt and God's sight was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said, I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Now you could look at that line and you say, well, is God talking about wiping people out? No, it's talking about things in us that get wiped out. Things in us, fears, anxieties, worries, concerns, uh, anger, jealousy, rage, those are the pieces that eventually have to go. But there's this beautiful part that God is growing through all of that. And that's this piece. Noah, a faith growing from charity or service. So, so this whole story of Noah and the Ark, and it's a story of a flood. It's a story about how a part of us, a faith deep within us, grows over time. And it grows through storms like we're going through right now. And here's something to hold on to, folks. 
It grows not in spite of the storm, but it grows maybe largely because of the storm. Kind of interesting that the storm can actually help us as, as we push those things away, as floods take place and, and we sort of we reprioritize, that this other part starts to grow, a faith growing from charity. It is what God is doing. Now, what's, what's the challenge? I want to show you a New Yorker cartoon here, and you need to look at it for about 15 seconds, and then you'll get it. Because this is, I think, the challenge all of us have. You gotta love that. You know, you see in the background people fighting over food, but getting back with about a gazillion rolls of toilet paper, empty shelves, She's got buns, he's got hot dogs, what do you do? That's really good. I think that's so much the spiritual challenge right there. Because, because times like this get us, get us right to the challenge of how do we define enough? How do we find a way to balance what we need with the greater needs of others? The common good. How do we do that? And storms have a way, as we're going through, to kind of bring that up and to get us to really wrestle with these questions. And it wrestles in a way that can be deeply transformative. Because this is how the new church holds this this story. And I love this idea. This is what this story is about. It's a story about returning us to ourselves. Returning us to our original design. Look, think about this, folks. Returning us to our original design. In other words, it's a journey you're in. Not a journey you inflict on other people where you think, well, I wish they would get it. Nope, this is our journey. Which is to love one another as we love ourselves. That beautiful combination of loving other people, loving ourselves, the two, the two mutually reinforcing each other. What happens when we do that, as you'll see on this next slide, we let go of what no longer serves. We let go of what no longer serves. And that letting go can be hard. That letting go can be let go of 4,000 rolls of toilet paper that we happen to acquire. It can be letting go of the idea that we need this huge amount of financial security in our lives. That's a hard one in particular for me. It can be letting go of that life is going to look like this or going to look like this or going to look like that. Some of that letting go, I want to be clear, is, is really hard. You know, I think about some of the couples who I'm working with now who are, who are looking at changing wedding plans or where this afternoon I was actually supposed to do a baptism, well, well, that's not happening. So there is a letting go. And our job, I think, is again to grieve that, because there are those losses. And many of them are no small thing. And at the same time, to just breathe, remember God is here too. And there might be the opportunity for something else to grow. Not perfectly, not better than, not so that, but just for something else to grow. And we all know with life, right, that we are facing storms, 
And, and with this story, I think like the context, I'm going to come back to this again, again next week, is, is it's not just the storm, it's the aftermath. And, and our job is to prepare for the storm as best we can. I, I think about folks, right, like just in a real short way, if, if all of a sudden you're out on your deck and it's summertime and then all of a sudden you start to see a, a storm rolling in, you know, you crank down the umbrella, you move chairs, you do all those kinds of things. Well, well, this is kind of taking that idea of preparing for a storm and how do we sort of pull it out to a bigger, a bigger picture? Because the storm, folks, in this story, and I think it's, it's going to be close to what we experience. This is a story about a flood that takes place. The flooding takes place for 40 days and 40 nights. An interesting aside shared with me by, by my good friend Corey was, was, you know, he's, he's, he knows Italian. And the idea of quarantine, it comes from, from the Italian meaning 40. And what that came to, 40, 40 was how many days if a ship had a, had an illness on it, that's how many days they quarantined the crew was 40 days. And I, I'm sure that had, given the Italian connection with Catholicism, I'm sure that had biblical roots to it. Beautiful biblical roots. So the idea of even our word quarantine comes back to this idea of flooding. But then the flood. You have the flooding. And then you had the flood. And the flood went on for months in this biblical story. Probably similar to what we're experiencing. Yes, you have that challenge, but then you have this, this longer flooding that takes place. And, and sort of how do we ride that out? Like how do we prepare something to do that? Well, and he prepared, Noah prepared in three ways. A ship, animals, and food. So first off with the ship here. So this is God's command to Noah. So make yourself an oak of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you will build it. The ark will be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Make a roof for it and finish the ark within 18 inches of the top. Put a door on the side of the ark. Make lower, middle, and upper decks. Now, again, that's, that's, it's just a little aside. That's where if we get too caught up that this is a literal story, it just doesn't make sense because all the animals of the planet are going to come on in pairs. You just, you could never fit that. Or, you know, literally there's millions of species. You could never fit that on a boat or feed those people on a boat. So this is, this is obviously talking about something else. And I'd ask you to think about it this way. There are numerous arcs where we kind of have to prepare. There's one that's our heads, our brains, preparing for times like this. Those questions, what do you remember when you remember that life is hard? That's a way to prepare what's here. And then our communities, like how do we prepare our communities for these storms? Because it's, it's easy to think, folks, that, that again, with, with any storm, that that once this, this is over, that all of a sudden life goes back to normal. But, but like any flood, it, it moves downstream, and it will continue to impact people for a long period of time. And then how does it impact, you know, the world? To our mind, to our media community, to our world, literally globally. So we have to be thinking about that, preparing for that, trying to get ready for that. 
knowing again, and this is, this is its own sermon, and maybe you want to have a conversation online with it, but I think it's fascinating that, that as we prepare and we go through times like this, it can feel very confining. But it's also what protects us. The ark we build, whether it's in our mind or in our communities or our souls, churches, the world, the ark we build is both a protection and it can feel like a prison sometimes. I want to say that again. It can feel like a protection, because it is. And it can also feel like a prison sometimes as well. I think if you were answering, well, which one is it, God? He would go, yep, yes. Because <laughs> it's a both and answer. Now, what about these animals? This is a beautiful part. Many of you, no doubt, have Noah's Ark puzzles at home or, or ships. And here's where it talks about the animals. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs, and this is a key line here, beautiful line. Pairs of clean animals and pairs of unclean animals, too. Clean and unclean. Of birds and all creatures that move along the ground, male and unfemale, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded. And after the seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. Now, that idea of clean and unclean animals. One of the things I find particularly enlightening, inspiring, wonderful about New Church, our view of Christianity, is is we are a faith that, that really tries to embrace this concept of both and. Clean animals, unclean animals. Blessings and breaking. Blessed and broken. That, that all these things are absolutely true. And it's, and, and it's hard because I, I, and I want to come back to this again and again. It's hard because I know I struggle with, I imagine you struggle with, is I'm only interested in the blessings. That's really it. You know, we've been ordering groceries from all these. You know, you check the boxes and then somebody comes and delivers them. You give them a nice tip. Well, let me tell you, if I was asking for a delivery of things, I would only be picking the blessing box. Period. Imagine many of you are the same way. And yet that's not how the story works. We're constantly told that, yeah, we're going to have both these things in our mind, a mini heaven and a mini hell. We're always kept actually in equilibrium between those two. So one hour can feel like I'm guided over here towards what is higher and better, a heaven. In the other part, I'm over here, where I'm clearly pulled down into just selfishness, mired in a selfishness, mired in my own idea of how. Mired in that idea, how come I got all the buns and he got all the hot dogs? And yet we're asked to stay in that place because, folks, God puts us there because that's where we learn. Ready for this? Because that's where we choose. That's where we choose. We can choose to spend time with these kind of monkeys. You know, just peaceful, 
calm, those thoughts. Again, I loved how many people said perspective of what do we remember, and I'll be going through those again in a little bit. You know, like, we can, we can be in that, be in that place. I believe many of us are. I mean, it's, it's, I shouldn't say many of us are permanently. I think many of us have touched that place at least a couple of times over this crisis. I think about these morning chapels we've been doing. These morning chapels that have been just wonderful. Again, if you have time at 8.30, come on board. You can watch them later in the day, too. They're just 10 minutes. And, and there's just a way for me that it's been very calming. For those who are joining us, it's been, been very calming. It's, it's kind of like that. It's like, oh, yeah, there it is. And yet, we don't stay there, right? I mean, I think most of us are a text, a phone call, uh, uh, checking social media away from all of a sudden being creeped out by the monkeys. All of a sudden, we're looking at things going like, I don't like that. That's scary. I didn't put that on my Aldi's grocery list. But that's, that's part of the journey, folks. And that's, that's part of where we get to choose and we get to transform. Again, we said so much of that is, so much of this is pulling us into a new form of freedom, a very deep form of freedom. So we have the ship. We have the animals. And the last thing to be brought on to talk about is the food. Is the food. When storms come, we're asked to sort of collect food. And there's old, old, old Testament stories about this. You know, seven years putting food away, seven years to prepare for seven years of famine. And and God gives us those things to kind of put away. And it's it's not asking us to, to hoard. It's, you know, there's a difference, please listen carefully to this. There's a difference between hoarding and awareness. This is not about hoarding. You know, how do I collect a whole bunch of stuff? How do I stuff my barns as the Old Testament would have it? But it's, but it's just how do I look out at life with an awareness this starts to pull in things that I can hold in my head, that we can hold in our communities and we can hold in our world that will feed when the going gets rough. Again, that will feed our lives, our communities, our world when the going gets rough. Now, what are these things? What's the, what's the internal sense of that word, food? The food of the people, it's joyful feelings. Truth. I love this line. So we have this joy, and it's this joy that's combined with truth. And if you were all here in person, I would ask you to say this out loud, so you're welcome to say it out loud. That is open, vibrant. In other words, it's alive. Offering unhindered access the whole way up to the Lord. It's joy and it's truth that is open, vibrant, offering unhindered access the whole way up to the Lord. Now, there's a conversation you could have, like, like what's a truth where somebody said it, and all of a sudden you felt like this opening that went right up to God. Karin is very much on my mind. Karin Muth, who I mentioned, uh, a parishioner who, who passed last night, and I was talking to her sister, and her sister said this, 
this beautiful thing that her, her son had, had uh, mentioned to her as Karin was, was in hospice, you know, had, had had a talk with his dad and said, yeah, you know, grandma needs to pull harder from the other side. He knew it was time to transition. And grandma, in other words, Karin's mom, who passed, who passed uh, this year, not, not just a few months ago, you know, that, that she just needed to pull a little harder from the other side. There's a beauty in that. Yep, that's heartbreaking in a sense, no doubt. But I think that's also the kind of truth that in some way opens right up to heaven. That's filled with a vibrancy and an aliveness that really matters. You know, I've been working, as some of you have seen, you know, we've been doing a set of videos uh, every week. Martha picked in on myself about a half hour chat. And, and even those, those videos that open us up to God, those videos are the ones that, again, understand the unclean and the unclean animals. Like, that's a truth. That's a way when we, when we grasp that, it, it, it can become this portal that helps us to see out on the other side of things. Could I share a simple one with you? A simple truth? I can see you nodding yes. Ready, folks? We have not done this before. We're living in a time. We have not done this before. Nobody has. There's a way just in saying that, that just sort of, for me at least, it, it calms me, knowing that, you know, there was no, no way, uh, you know, for me, like I think, oh, how could, why didn't we see this, blah, blah, blah. Well, we haven't done it before. That's why we can't see it as clearly as we might like. And of course, that doesn't, that doesn't say we shouldn't work hard at seeing it better. That doesn't say that we shouldn't work hard to, to figure things out or to, or to figure out where missteps were. It's not saying any of those things. It's just the truth that we haven't, we haven't done this before. We haven't done this before. So again, if, if you're sitting at home right now and, and it's been a hard week, and you found a few moments of grace, and then five minutes later, you, felt, you found yourself yelling at your kids. Take a breath. Remember, we haven't done this before. Of course you don't know how to do this. None of us do. We're just trying as best we can to do our best. And we can see those, those little joy-filled moments of truth, of vibrancy that opens. This was a picture from a parent, from Joel. I love this picture of him doing his kids. I see the ark right there. He's actually got a picture of it up there on the top left. Now, am I going to pretend, and I'm sure Joel will nod with agreement as he's watching online, am I going to pretend that his family always looks this way sitting around Coloring things, coloring things for Easter? No. I know no family is like that 24-7. But that's the food. Remember, folks, I said it's awareness, not hoarding. 
Those are the moments we have to look at with awareness. I mean, it's laughable to even think that we could hoard up a moment like that. We, we can't. And moments like that, when we can witness to them and hold them in our heads, when they can be filled with joy and they can, they can create a truth that's alive and open the whole way up to God. That can feed us. That can feed us when times are incredibly challenging. So the story goes on. Coming back to Genesis, I just, I kind of love this line. Then the Lord shut him in. So the rain starts and it says, yep. Then God closed the door, shut them in. Welcome today, what is it, 37 of our quarantine. And that's where we start that journey. A journey in this boat. A journey through the flood. That's what we're going to be talking about next week, is is once this ark takes form, what does it do? How does it work? How do we move forward with it? So I'm going to come back over here, folks. I want to chat over here for a minute using a beautiful line from Pope Francis, talking about how he's making it through this. I was reading a great interview with Pope Francis talking about how, how you know, how he thinks he's, he's been working through it. And he's, he's a great one for saying, like, hey, you know, a clean and unclean animals, all kinds of crazy things going on in my head, in the world, etc. But this was his idea, which I just love. How am I living this spiritually? I'm praying more because I feel I should. And I think of people. It's beautiful, right? He's praying. And I think of people. That's what concerns me. People. Think of people. I'm going to have you say this word with those you love who are watching with you now. Thinking of people anoints me. It does me good. It takes me out of my self-preoccupation. I want to come back to that. Thinking of people anoints me. It does me good. It takes me out of my self-preoccupation. You know, I've never heard it said that way. But as soon as I read that, I thought, yeah, there's a truth. It's open, vibrant. It goes the whole way up to God. And when you look at the idea that Noah, Noah is this new faith we have growing that grows out of service and charity, of course a truth like that will resonate in particular at a time like this because it speaks to that part that's growing. I love that word in there, anoint. That goes back to an old Christian tradition. It's kind of like today we have essential oils. I know a number of you out there love essential oils. I know we have a number of folks actually sell essential oils. And, and you know, with, with that idea, it's, it's that idea, yeah, there is this essential oil, and it's, it's the oil of love. And that anointing, that anointing took place, like biblically, he's referring to it in a number of ways. It was, it was the symbol of royalty. To how a king or a queen was anointed. It was the symbol of a prophet. How they were anointed. 
It was a symbol being anointed of blessing. It was a symbol of blessing. So in this beautiful way that may appear a little paradoxical, when we allow that, that blessing to take place, we find ourselves anointed. And it's not that we go out, do what we do, connect with people, serve, love other people, and then we sit there waiting like, all right, time for the anointment. Not how it works. In the process is the anointing. In the blessing is the being blessed. That's the power here. I think, folks, that draws us to this really important line. It's one I've been thinking a lot about. I touched on it last week, but I really want to bring it home because I think it's so important. And maybe is the takeaway for today. That's why the call always is to pay attention to the work, not the noise. That may be why the call always is to pay attention to the work, not the noise. Storms are noisy. They are. Not a whole lot you can do to quiet the noise. There's going to be noise on so many fronts. And the challenge is when we go out there and we try to engage in the noise and the noise is really loud, if you're like me, you know, I believe the only way I can work in the noise is to be louder. More frenetic. In our modern language, post more. (laughs) But that's not it. That's not the work. You know what the work is. I don't know what it is for you, but you know what the work is. You know as well, like, like these deeper pieces, and just to, just to share with you folks, uh, you know, some ideas that, that folks shared in. We grain, this is from, uh, Jamie out in Phoenix. We grain strength and build character to overcome. Perhaps part of why we have hard times is to help us to relate and serve others through similar circumstances in the future. Jamie, you predicted the whole service at 1052 right there. (laughs) Beautiful ideas, other ideas. It's hard for everyone. We just don't always see it. It's not necessarily fair all the time. An opportunity to do what matters. Strength and appreciation for the little things. We learn to love. We learn that we have resources just waiting. Listen to this, folks. We learn we have resources within us just waiting to be tapped. The ability for perspective attitude shift so we can connect. I would add even the word connect and reconnect. An additional inner and outer strength to persevere. We gain perspective. We allow ourselves to understand that we are not alone. It's hard for everyone, and it shows us that it could always be worse. That's from Jill. We are reminded that we are strong and resilient. We have survived 100% of our hardest days. Amen to that. 
resolve. You know, and there's a whole bunch more. I mean, that's the advantage of us right now is we're getting a whole lot of these coming in. I'm sure a whole lot more on chat. And I'll respond to some of these other ones later. But folks, can, can you see that? Can you see what you already know? And can you maybe, maybe just this morning for a minute, you can see what God's doing. Not as in like giving us a plague so that we learn those lessons. It's not it. It's God with us in the storm. God with us in all of this. So brothers and sisters, you know, simply put, as best we can over this week ahead, as we prepare to ride out what's going to take time, may we constantly remind ourselves and ground ourselves into the work and move as best we can, as prayerfully as we can, as peacefully as we can, away from the noise. Because, brothers and sisters, that's where we find God, and that's where we find each other yet again. And that's where God returns us back to ourselves. The original design. Blessings on your week. We're now going to close the service with a prayer. After I do the prayer, we're going to have a moment for for, for Marcus to get up here, and then he's going to do a last song. So I'm going to be standing back over here. So please join me in a prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you for bringing us here together online. Thank you for your grace and your peace. And Lord, in knowing that this is not a time we're living in life where there's a clear end to it all, but this is a time where we live through a storm, Lord, help us, help us to prepare to live in that storm, to put together our ark, to put together our way of sailing through these challenging waters. Fill us, Lord, with an awareness of joy. Fill us, Lord, with an awareness of truth, your truth, that is open, vibrant, and leads to you. Give us that awareness. And help us, Lord, to roll up our sleeves towards the work that we are called to do work we are called to humbly, gracefully, not asking for perfection, but asking for our best intentions. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Folks, have a great week. And I'd ask Marcus to come up. He's going to sing this song on a day like today. So we leave on a high note. 
remembering what a blessing it is that there are things we can do today. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 